Hello and welcome to Energetic Mastery. I invite you on a transformative journey into the world of energy, consciousness, and personal empowerment. I'm your host, Tiffany D'Elia. Allow this podcast to serve as your guide for navigating into the depths of quantum physics, energetics, and self-discovery. Please subscribe and join me on Instagram. As a community, we energetically vibrate love in unity with intention of conscious evolution. I hope you enjoy this episode. In this episode, I'll be discussing briefly on the concepts of both reincarnation and manifestation, but more importantly, I want to discuss the relationship between the two, mainly to show how they're each intertwined with the laws of nature and therefore part of what's considered true nature of existence, meaning beyond the illusion of reality. The key idea here is to show how both of these processes are ongoing, never ceasing, And while I'm not here to discourage any one particular worldview, I don't believe there's any one right way of looking at things. There's a vast array of points of views, and well, that's the idea here in this game of life, isn't it? However, there are many, maybe you included, that are becoming more aware of their current point of view and realizing that it just isn't working for them anymore. Maybe it's not producing the sort of life you're seeking out. And that's who I'm speaking to. So I hope to offer you a new perspective here that could quite literally change the course or direction of your life. I know it has for me. So naturally, I wish to share perspectives like this one because it can offer you great insight into a whole new world. So let's go ahead. I'm excited to get into it. When you recognize that there are much stronger supernatural forces at work, or shall I say at play, because this is what many people fail to understand. And it's okay because that's quite literally the point of life, that we forget our true nature of wholeness and that we are actually supernatural, only having a temporary human experience. Forgetting is part of the experience. Everything in the entire universe are governed by the same laws of nature. You and I are not exempt from them. Everything flows and moves according to laws that govern our intricate, precisely measured, uniquely patterned, mathematical universe. These laws, woven into the very fabric of reality, serve as the guiding threads of existence, orchestrating everything from the dance of galaxies, the growth of ecosystems, to the unfolding of human lives. Every bit of it are governed by a certain set of natural laws. And with this understanding comes alignment with these cosmic laws, in which we unlock the greater potential for our own transformation and growth, and can co-create a personal reality while being in the flow of these natural forces, rather than making our lives more difficult than it has to be, only because we fail to see beyond the limits of our own perception. In which case, adding unnecessary resistance to that which is meant to unfold naturally and lovingly. We are meant to have and experience our desires. Life is meant to be heaven and beautiful. Yes, we also come here to learn lessons, but when we get so caught up in the illusions of the world that the lessons we come here to learn go unnoticed and we end up living in our own hell, then that's where I'd want to shine light because I've been in that hell. And now that I'm out, 
my message is that there is light in there. If you were to just turn into and face the darkness, because the light that you actually are, you're literally light. And when you turn inward, you shine that light directly into the darkness, and that's where you find the truth. That's when you see the illusionary world you've created in there. As within, so without. The world we create inside is what we experience in our external reality. Turning your attention inward, off your external, to notice the patterns and thoughts and beliefs and all the stuff that makes up you or what makes up the I in there begins to subtly show you that you're actually not that at all. And this is hard for some to understand because it's the firsthand experience of this which unlocks the understanding. So you won't know until you know. And if you do know, then you know what I'm talking about. But what happens if attention remains on the external world is that your external world tells you how to think. It shows you how to act and it makes you feel what it wants you to feel because what you see out there is the internal part of you made manifest. Your attention then stays on what you see around you in your reality. And you begin to believe this is my life. This is the way things are. But the beautiful part is, yes, that's the way things are in the world belonging to that one version of you. There's infinite versions of you, but you just happen to pick the one and are now living in their world. And we ignore those inner parts of us and ignore everything and every other perspective that does not fit in the world we know. And we continue to think the same way, to act the same way, and to feel the same way. And our energetic state remains the same. Nothing externally can change. The physical body stays in the same condition. There is so much beauty to life, but it is one's worldview or narrowed perspective that can prevent one from seeing it and therefore experiencing it. The concept of reincarnation is something I did not grow up believing in. Even though I knew of the idea, I was unable to see past my own beliefs and perception until I experienced it for myself, which then brought on a clearer understanding only because the experience of my true nature showed me something I cannot deny. Everything else you think you know can be easily denied, but to experience your own divine nature, you cannot deny that. So with this experience, now we are awakened into a world in which our infinite divine nature defines it. A world that shifts to show us that as we change, so does the world we see around us. The closer we get to the divine within, the closer to heaven we get to live. Heaven on earth. Our inner world creating our outer world. The embodiment of the being we are, or say I am, determines the manifested reality in which we live. I am that I am. Such power in the words I am. What you are able to faithfully, consciously, and persistently be energetically will manifest itself into form. Everything that's now manifested into form that you call reality is everything that you, the divine, has said, I am. It is everything you have energetically embodied, even though it was done unconsciously and from subconscious programs, 
These things that are a part of your inner world, your current incarnation, has manifested your world into form. Your personal reality is your current manifestation. When does our personal reality change? When your inner world changes. When you take a look into your current programming. When you spend time with your true nature to see past the programs. That's when you see that your infinite self can energetically incarnate into any version of you that it chooses. And with full embodiment of this new version of you is when you can experience a new world in form from the thoughts, actions, feelings, and beliefs of the new version of you. But if you are unable to first see and observe it in the metaphysical realm, then you'll never experience it in physical reality. And I don't mean only because everything first starts as a thought. It does. But when I say you must first observe it in metaphysical, I mean you must embody it, live it, and be it before you see it. The key, really, is to embody the energy of the life you desire in such a way that nothing on the external surface affects your energy because you know that whatever life you're living from within will show up externally in form. Embodying the energy of that version of you who already has that desire. That version of you who's already fully healed from that disease or illness. That version of you who's already living a free, abundant life. It's this full embodiment that then takes over and in the flow of forces of nature, you literally become someone new. A new version of you is born and all of its manifestations are then made physical. The inner world belonging to your new incarnate version takes form. And this is how reincarnation and manifestation comes into play, innately part of the nature of our true existence. We become active participants rather than just passive bystanders to what's happening in our lives. In other words, you are not just a one-timer here at random taking what gets thrown at you. Okay, so let's dive a little deeper, shall we? The you that you're currently identifying as in the body that you have right now is just as temporary as the situations and circumstances that you are currently experiencing. The consciousness peering from the eyes of the human that's having these temporary experiences is the unchanging formless essence of all existence. And it's your consciousness that directs your experiences here in the three-dimensional plane, just as it does beyond this realm of space and time. Your consciousness, the unchanging essence of your being, is the constant observer, the silent director of these unfolding scenes. Even in just this one lifetime we incarnate into multiple bodies, the illusion of being in the same body throughout an entire lifetime is just that. It's an illusion. Just consider this. The person that you were a decade ago had an entirely different set of bone cells than you do now. The child who once contained your body had a completely different set of skin cells. These continuous cycles of cell turnover mean that on a cellular level, you are not the same person you were years ago. Your body is, in a sense, completely new again. This is reincarnation. 
Your body is constantly changing. Only the consciousness, the I am-ness remains the same. Our body is not a separate vessel that our soul occupies. Rather, it is part of our soul's expression in this physical dimension. So when you can look at it in that way, it's easier for you to understand and see the relationship that I'm speaking of. Put it this way. It's as if you were an actor playing different roles on the stage of life, each role represented by a different physical form. Here's where the connection between reincarnation and manifestation becomes evident. In one sense, you reincarnate within your own lifetime, transitioning from the body of a child to that of a teenager and onward through the stages of adulthood and old age. Your consciousness, your unchanging essence, orchestrates this ongoing transformation. However, beyond the confines of this one single lifetime, the process continues. Your consciousness moves from one lifetime to another, experiencing diverse roles and situations, much like an actor in a grand play. So it doesn't end when this life ends. This is an understanding that will come natural to you as you move along in your journey and as your consciousness expands to fully know itself. Your reality or the life as you know it, can be consciously directed. And it's a co-creative process in union with the vast wholeness of existence, these unchanging forces. The purpose of this discussion is to merely suggest that you are free. You are free. You are not a prisoner stuck in a world, or in a situation even, that cannot be altered, transformed, or changed. So let's talk about manifestation because there are a lot of different ideas alongside this term, especially for those who are just awakening to the idea of its existence. What comes to your mind when I say the word manifestation? What I have found is that most people are stuck on the notion that manifestation is something that can only happen if you, one, believe in it, two, focus hard on positive thought or on the desired outcome, and three, Have faith that whatever you're manifesting will show up. Some believe that manifestation in that sense that I just described is somewhat going against the will of God. So therefore, in their opinion, manifesting is not of God. And then there are some who believe that what people describe as manifestation is just plain luck or maybe even a coincidence, but that we don't actually have the ability to shift or change circumstances at all. I don't believe that your idea of manifestation falls under any of those descriptions, but I would still like to make something very clear. Manifestation is actually happening for you at every instant. Whether you are conscious of your manifestations or not, experiences and circumstances arise out of the content of your consciousness. It's all happening for you, by you and through you. They are made manifest because of natural law. The unchanging consciousness projects its inner world onto a screen appearing to be its physical world. It starts within. Everything that has ever happened to you, every experience, has been done according to the direction of your consciousness. From a soul level before partaking in a human experience and for the duration of your human experience, which happens to be only a moment in time. Even though we perceive our lifetimes as this long, drawn-out, linear cycle, you can think of it more like a blink of an eye. But at the soul level, 
based on the lessons and experience it chose to take part in for the purpose of growth and exploration. It chose your conditions, your race, your family, and your storyline. The perspective of the soul doesn't have the same level of perception as the human mind, so therefore, reasons behind why we've experienced things that our human mind perceives as really traumatic or horrifying events doesn't appear this way from the perspective of your soul. Instead, your soul chooses the experiences and the lessons it wants to learn for the expansion of growth and also for the evolution of the whole. And sometimes these experiences that you have had or will have are intertwined with other lives that your soul is also experiencing. And two, a human experience is only one of many expressions and experiences that you at a soul level will have or has had in your eternal journey of existence. So in the same sense that our soul chooses its course even before coming into space-time reality, your consciousness that is aware right here and now, who is perceiving itself as a body in a particular reality, can consciously continue choosing the experiences it wishes to have while in human form. Part of the fun of a human experience for the soul is forgetting its true nature so that it can experience contrast and explore itself in many different versions as it can. And as our consciousness explores a new human form, its ego, or the human mind, takes on a certain identity, and with it, certain beliefs and stories that define the consciousness in such a way which immerses it so deeply into the illusion of living a life in a particular reality. It takes on belief patterns and limitations. It becomes conditioned and programmed to think, act, and feel a certain way which dictates the sort of path this immersed consciousness takes in its temporary human form, which you are currently experiencing. Let me illustrate that with an example. Okay, so imagine that you're a skilled video game player Before starting a new game, you have the option to choose your character that you want to play, each with its unique abilities and storylines. You, as the player, represents your soul, and the character that you choose represents your consciousness in that particular reality. Before you start the game, you, the soul, chooses a character to play. This choice is similar to your soul's decision to enter a specific space-time reality before your human life began. So once you start the game, you become fully immersed in this character's world. You forget that you're the player behind the screen. Just like your consciousness forgets its true nature while experiencing life in human form. The character's identity and storylines define your experience, much like how your human mind takes on beliefs and limitations. And as you play the game, your character faces challenges and obstacles. And it can only act and think according to its predefined traits and abilities. Just as your human mind becomes conditioned and programmed to think, to act, and to feel in a certain way based on its experiences. Your consciousness takes on a false sense of separateness, making it feel as if it's disconnected from the wholeness it actually is. It exists fully whole and complete. It is everything, but chooses to experience separation. You are actually already whole. You are actually already abundant. And everything that you have a desire for is there for a reason. It's because your soul wishes to express those desires through you. 
Your desires are not to be ignored. The realization of your desires brings you back to the realization of your wholeness. The only reason these desires feel out of reach to you or the reason you may feel unsure of how to achieve them is only because of the limited conditioning of your human mind, the programming that you've taken on as part of the immersive experience in temporary identity. You have temporarily forgotten of your true nature, but only for a blink of an eye. Many will awaken at a point of one of their lifetimes, but some won't, and that's okay. They'll remember who they truly are once their consciousness returns to its source, in which then they'll choose to do it all again. And as you continue to awaken and become aware of the unconscious patterns that are actively manifesting the life that you now call reality, you can consciously and intentionally work in harmony within the laws in order to bring about a life you do want to experience. One that is in accordance to the highest version of your truest essence. By getting to know thyself and by coming in union with divine love. Divine love is indeed the essence that intricately connects all things and it functions as the guiding force of nature, orchestrating our interconnected journey through all dimensions. So it's this love frequency that serves our highest and greatest good, not just for our own unique energetic signature, but for the greater good of everything else. You can live out your highest timeline right here and now, in this life, if you wish. I just looked up the definition of manifestation, and it says, aversion or incarnation of something or someone. That's the first definition it gives. Another definition it gives is an event, action, or object that clearly shows or embodies something, especially a theory or abstract idea. Let's take just a moment to go over both of these definitions. Let me repeat the first one. A version or incarnation of something or someone. Science can show us Well, even more importantly, you can show you just by silencing the outer noise and distraction and go within. The real answers are inside of you. If you could remove your attention off the outside world long enough to enter the kingdom within you, you'll get the truth. That everything is energy. Nothing exists beyond its energetic form unless there's a consciousness to observe it. Nothing exists beyond its energetic form unless there's a consciousness to observe it. I want you to keep this in mind now as I repeat the other definition, the second definition. An event, action, or object that clearly shows or embodies something, especially a theory or abstract idea. In order for anything to be made manifest in physical form in the realm of space and time, It must first be observed by consciousness. Everything begins as a state of energy in the realm of time and space. Time and space meaning beyond physical senses. It is metaphysical, an energetic state of pure consciousness, which all things derive. I'm speaking about our thoughts, our emotions, intuition. All things start out in a formless state that when our consciousness observes them, meaning your intention and attention are placed upon certain thoughts and emotions. It means you embody 
the state you wish to experience. This abstract observation, abstract meaning existing in thought or as an idea, but not yet existing in physical state. An abstract observation is when you think certain thoughts, feel certain emotions, believe in a particular thing, or have a certain worldview. This creates an energetic state of being, which projects a reality made up of circumstances, life events and situations, relationships, financial and lifestyle conditions, our state of being creates our personal reality. There's a quote often attributed to Dr. Joe Dispenza that I really like. He says, our personality creates our personal reality. It is true. And everything that is a thing comes from a state of pure consciousness, which you and I perceive as nothing, no thing, because it cannot be seen. So just as you, as pure consciousness, manifested itself into form as an embodiment of your human identity, all form that now surrounds your personal reality is there because you have observed its equivalent frequency on the energetic spectrum. Let me say that another way. The personality which your human has come to claim as its character, as its identity, created your reality. The particular personality you are currently embodying has created a particular reality by its thoughts, actions, and feelings. The past version of me who had lupus was in another life. That version of me who manifested the things of that life had forgotten that I was more than my human mind and body. I had forgotten that the underlying, never-changing forces that governed my mind and body had this inherent capacity to focus its attention on intangible or unseen things which turned those things into physical form. My unresolved trauma, the illusion of limitation and separation that I felt, I felt like that was me. That was my false identity. And it had created this version of hell I lived and experienced as my life. That version no longer exists. And that world no longer exists. That was a past life. And when I realized that through the power of a strong and clear intention that I can transform myself and my personal reality, I consciously chose to die or let go of that old version and to be reborn. I witnessed a rebirth. As you remember that you are actually pure consciousness, only temporarily observing itself as this human, you'll have a better understanding that everything else in your current reality is also only a temporary incarnation of pure consciousness. Everything in your environment and in your reality can be shifted and directed by your consciousness. Now, let's talk a little bit about the meaning of reincarnation. This term also brings about many different meanings depending on who you ask. Some people believe that reincarnation means that when you die, you come back as a bird or some other type of animal. Some don't believe that you come back at all and that your soul enters into one of two very different places. I'm sure you know what I'm referring to, heaven or hell. And then there are some that have a more esoteric or metaphysical interpretations, suggesting that souls can experience multiple lives simultaneously, existing in different time frames or dimensions but have eternal life. So even though it seems as if we live multiple lives in linear form, meaning one life at a time, I happen to believe that it's more complex than that. 
we are multidimensional beings. So it makes more sense to me that our consciousness is living out multiple lives in multiple timelines all at the same time, which is a hard concept to comprehend, I know. So let me illustrate this the best I can with an imaginative example to try to give you a clearer idea of what I'm talking about. But just know that it is way more complex than I can truly articulate. So imagine you have a vast library where each book on the shelf represents a different lifetime. It's complete with its very own unique story, experiences, and timeline. These books are interconnected, sharing a common theme or purpose, and it represents the evolution of your soul. You, as a multidimensional being, are the librarian overseeing this library of lives, okay? And as you walk through the library, you see shelves upon shelves of all these books, each labeled with a different lifetime. Some books are thick, representing long, eventful lives, while other books are thin, signifying shorter and more focused experiences. But in this library, there are not just one, but multiple readers. These readers signify the many different aspects of your consciousness. Each reader represents a different facet of your multidimensional self. And they sit at tables, each engrossed in reading one of the books. But what you notice is that these readers are not reading their respective books one at a time. Instead, they're reading all of them simultaneously. Each reader can shift their attention from one book to another book, experiencing different lifetimes in parallel. What's fascinating, though, is that the stories of these books often interconnect. Choices and experiences in one lifetime can ripple through to affect others. Lessons learned in one book may apply to challenges faced in another as if the characters in these stories are all part of a grand multidimensional narrative. And occasionally, the readers will put their books down and gather to share their insights and wisdom. They exchange lessons that they've learned, allowing for collective growth and understanding that transcends the boundaries of space and time. But your library itself is vast, ever-expanding, with countless books yet to be written, It represents the infinite possibilities for your soul's exploration and evolution. And this stretches across the tapestry of timelines and dimensions. Yeah, I know it's pretty difficult to explain in the depth that I would like to. So let's just leave it there for now. If you were to search the word reincarnation, you'll find that it is a concept that's been present in various cultures and religions for thousands of years. And it has different interpretations and beliefs associated with it in each of these traditions. It's a deeply ingrained and widely recognized idea that spans across different civilizations and has played a significant role in the spiritual and philosophical beliefs of many societies throughout history. To name just a few of the religions and belief systems that incorporate the concept of reincarnation include Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, and there are certain forms of ancient Greek philosophy. But at one point, every religion in the world had reincarnation as its principles at its basis. It's worth noting, too, that there are fringe or or alternative Christian groups that still incorporate elements of reincarnation into their beliefs. But these interpretations are not considered mainstream throughout Christianity. There is, however, a notion that reincarnation was originally part of Christian doctrine. 
and that reincarnation was one of the original teachings taught by Christ himself. But that was later omitted or left out of translation, only to be found in non-canonical books and Gnostic Gospels, such as the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Philip, and the Gospel of Mary, which all contain passages and teachings suggesting reincarnation or cycles of rebirth. And I probably should mention, too, that there are significant evidence which suggests that the first council of Nicaea in year 325, which played a significant role in shaping the Christian doctrine as we know it today, that certain teachings, including reincarnation, were intentionally omitted or excluded from the standardized Christian canon, which is known as our Holy Bible. And it's noted that this was done to fit their needs and agenda at that time. And they strictly enforced these rules to never mention the idea of reincarnation or else they would be banished or killed. It's a very intriguing dive if you were to go deeper into this on your own. But I'm going to leave it there for now. All I will say is that everything in the universe follows laws of nature. Everything does. So the idea of there not being a rebirth cycle for humans, it doesn't even quite fit in with the rest of the patterns or cycles of the universe, of form or formless. I'm talking about all of existence. It's quite impossible to ignore this one idea because it's something that has been told to us through human conditioning or culture or even based off one religious text that has been altered multiple times by man. Also, not to mention the number of accounts of children who have come into this life, remembering other lives that they've lived before coming into this life form. Even one of my own remembered things or knew things that she would have never known because she was not yet conceived of. Yet she came in remembering that she chose me as her mom and remembered events of other lives. So fascinating. And I'm only mentioning this because I believe that our individualized worldview, it does have a huge influence on our personal reality. So it's worth looking into things, not only on the subject of reincarnation, but on other various topics so that you can expand your knowledge to and discern for yourself to form your own perception the way you wish for it to be. If it provides you with a life you love and with fulfillment, that's all that's important. You are free. Consciousness expands and evolves as we learn from life to life. In my opinion, the idea that God would create us only for one and done, it just doesn't align with the rest of the principles of the universe. Everything is a cycle. Nothing in the universe ever goes to waste. Nothing ever ends. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. Existence always has been and always will be. It remains and recycles again and again in form after form. The existence of everything remains the same. However, the form is forever changing, forever expanding and evolving. All form that you see now is in direct proportion to the frequency of the current version of you. The current version that you are being has a frequency that attracts and manifests a particular reality that is in proportion to its vibration. And as this version of you expands and it changes and evolves, so can all the forms belonging to your reality. As you change, so does your vibration, in which case all other forms also change to reflect the frequency 
of your new being. It's the moment you reclaim your inner power. When you recognize that your thoughts and your beliefs are the architects of your reality. This is when you step onto the path of transformation. It's all a choice. It's in this awareness that you regain the ability to shape your world, to manifest your desires, and to live in alignment with your true potential. By breaking free from the constraints of the illusionary world, you can continue on your journey of self-discovery and empowerment, releasing the grip of fear and the limitation that your outer world may currently reveal. And instead, embrace the limitless possibilities that await. When you consciously co-create your reality, you're directing your attention inward to reshape and transform it. It is within your thoughts, your intentions, and your actions that holds the keys to change. And as you unlock them, you unlock the door to a life of purpose, to a life of abundance and fulfillment. You begin letting go of all the things you are not. All the things that your false identity has believed and the stories it has carried and the pain and the suffering that it no longer has to carry. In the letting go process that sheds all these dense energies that have kept you from aligning to that greater love vibration in harmony with your greater purpose and divine plan. There's a reason that you're here at this time, here on this timeline, lessons to learn, a service that you have to offer. You can discover these reasons and your purpose by connecting to your spirit, to pure consciousness, the director behind all the stories and the false sense of the self. Get to know yourself. You are meant to have your desires. You know what they are. What do you want? You are meant to live the life that you want to live and to feel and be abundant. Whatever you want is actually already yours, but the thing keeping you from experiencing it is your own inflicted limitations. Your own thoughts telling you that you're too old, too late, not enough, not worthy. I'm scared. I'm unable. It's all lies. To free yourself of these lies and limitations, you have to decide to consciously become anew, to work on becoming or incarnating into someone new, a new personality with a new way of thinking and being and acting and feeling so that a new personal reality can be made manifest. As natural as reincarnation is for the soul, so is manifestation. It's a process that happens naturally and automatically just because you exist. You exist as light and sound, a unique blueprint of energy, a geometric structure, a mathematical equation. And within this existence resides your very own personal reality, always governed and guided by your consciousness and by forces of love, which happens to govern all existence, by the way. You are at the center of it all, but also the center of everything is inside of you. So by dropping the hate and fear, dropping the doubts and suffering, all the things associated with the contrast of love and wholeness and abundance, you re-enter the stage of rebirth. And once again, aligning with the forces of nature to co-create a life of freedom, health, joy, and abundance. 
And as far as the lessons go, there are some souls that takes a course of many different lifetimes just to learn one lesson. So the question is, are you observing your world from a state of awareness which allows you to see the repetitive cycles that are going on? These patterns that keep showing up until you learn that particular lesson in order for you to evolve and move on from it. What areas in your life are trying to show you something? This awareness is key to knowing thyself, to implement the teachings that you've come into this experience to learn. The people in our lives are our teachers. The ones who trigger us the most are there to assist us in learning a particular lesson that our soul wants to learn. Who in your life can you forgive? As they were just doing their part in a conscious decision that your soul chose to take part in. The act of true forgiveness comes when you realize that that person is also following a divine plan set in place as a temporary experience for the evolution of the soul. Part of a much bigger picture that is hard to see from a human perspective, but has an entirely different meaning to the soul. Also, there's our old habits and addictions. They're there until we decide we are ready to heal that particular aspect of ourselves. Our pain and suffering are an invitation to look into the parts of us that have split off as a way of survival. You hear a lot of the spiritual community talking about raising vibration to manifest. So let's touch on that for a minute. We are vibration and light. Our individual frequency can vary a lot depending on what we store in the depths of our being. The more we let go of, as we look into our subconscious programming, the higher our vibration becomes. And the higher our vibration, the more in tune we are with our truest essence and with the forces of nature that work with us in co-creating the life that we desire. We originally vibrate at a very high scale as pure awareness. When we come into this life as a baby, when you stare into a baby's eyes, it's pure love, vibrating super high. It's not until we take on the limitations and false sense of the self that our vibration becomes dense as we experience events that stick with us. Someone hurts us and we hold on to it. Or we do something and then feel shame for it. So it overtakes us and we become immersed into a dense vibration which begins manifesting horrible circumstances. And these circumstances keep us feeling these low states of vibration. And no matter what we do, nothing changes. So we stay here and life gets hard. Maybe you turn to drinking or drugs or what have you just to numb the pain and to take away the misery for a little while. There's a loop that occurs and when we get to this point, it can seem impossible to break free from. But I promise you, it isn't impossible. I can't speak from experience when it comes to drug or alcohol addictions other than being dependent on prescription opioids Duragistic and Roxycodone for seven years prescribed by a doctor every single month and increasing them as my body became more and more dependent. My vibration was extremely low at the point when I decided to turn within and to start bringing my awareness to my state of being into my thoughts and actions and to how I felt. When I started this process of discovering myself and letting go of these denser energies through meditation and daily awareness, that's when my health conditions, my finances, my entire lifestyle began to change for the better. 
My vibration was lifting and it happened in almost no time at all. Meditation practices instantly raises our vibration and it's the number one way that we can use our imagination to invoke the sense that we are living now the future reality we desire to experience so that we can energetically shift into a new state of being or incarnate into a new reality. And since I'm talking about vibration, I'd like to speak on one of the world's largest known vibration destroyers, alcohol. It's part of the reason why alcohol is so readily available and accessible. It is thrown in our faces everywhere we turn. Besides the fact that alcohol kills off brain cells, which are needed for meditation practices and visualizations, it sucks the life force out of the glands responsible for activation of our higher power and our ability to consciously create our reality. There's a study that was actually done where they took a group of people who meditate and do breath work on a regular basis. And they were hooked up to a special device that measures their vibration. This device could detect the prana within their chakras or energy centers, and they could see whether or not they had blockages in their field. For so after taking the first baseline measurements of this group, they were each instructed to drink two glasses of beer. Just two now of alcohol. I think it was in the form of beer. After they drank, they were all measured once again, and the results of their measured vibration were drastically altered from their baseline. Every single one of them showed a huge drop in their vibrations, and some of them whose first baseline measurements showed blockages within their energy centers, these blocks became more prominent in those areas. But the thing they wanted to know was how long it took after consuming the alcohol for their vibration to return to baseline. And what they found was that it took 60 to 72 hours to return. And that's just for if you're drinking on a special occasion. Imagine people who drink to escape from certain feelings or to temporarily numb the emotions that they don't want to feel. And then at some point, if an addiction takes over and it becomes this vicious cycle where it's difficult to pull yourself out of. 60 to 72 hours just after two glasses of alcohol for someone who doesn't drink on a regular basis. And absolutely no judgment. I just want to share this information because I think it's important that people know what alcohol, not just alcohol, but what it can do to your powerful energetic field of creation. And for those who desire to use their life force to create the life they want. They can take their power back if they knew what alcohol was doing to their vibration, which is needed. Having a high vibration is needed to live at our optimal timeline and to be able to consciously drive this vehicle that we call a body. Our vibration is the truest part of us, which is the part that we cannot see with our human perspective, but it's what creates everything that we do see around us. It determines our experiences and the health of our body. This unseen portion of the body is the most important part of us, which determines everything else that we see and perceive as reality. So of course we want to protect our vibration so that you in human form can work together with your consciousness to reinvent yourself, therefore completely reincarnating into a new form, into a new reality, experiencing a new set of circumstances, other events and situations that are now indirect proportion to the frequency of this new incarnate version of the self. Ask anyone who has healed from chronic illness and they'll tell you that disease lived in the old version. I'm not that same person. You become someone new. I have become someone new. 
So the term manifestation isn't just for an action that many people strive toward achieving their desires. It's something that is always occurring, just as natural as you breathing in the context that you don't have to force it. You don't need to put effort into breathing. It's a natural part of your existence. In that same way, manifestation is continually happening in your life without you having to forcefully make it happen. It's occurring because you exist in your current form. Just as the way human breathe differs from how a tree breathes or even how a planet breathes in its own unique way, everything in the universe manifests in alignment with that particular nature or form. An orange tree manifests oranges. It's unique essence. It's it's genetic makeup. And the conditions it grows in determines the quality, the quantity, and the flavor of the oranges it produces. This is an example of how living beings manifest physical outcomes in line with their inherent characteristics. All you have to do is maintain the state of your inner world. Everything in the entire universe naturally breathes according to its form, while each breath connects each and everything in existence, from the form to the formless. Manifestation is like the breath of our internal consciousness, shaping our experiences based on what we think about or where we place our attention and what we intend. But knowing that your identity and personality can be altered so that you think, act, and feel in proportion to the reality you wish to manifest is key to truly living out your fullest potential. I hope you got something out of this. Thank you so much for listening.